coming at you live from the <laughs> what up you, what up you uh gamers and gamettes uh <laughs> gamet yeah you know like uh so you have gamers but i don't think that includes like uh female gamers so you say <laughs> gamettes you know wouldn't it be gmail i'm sorry what up you <laughs> gamers and gmails um what up you gamers and gmails uh Welcome to this podcast, which we are titling Matt and Haley on Demand. Now, if you've noticed uh, that that title was a bit different than the sound of the normal audio, because we if you, if you, we were real clever and we had to put the audio in after the fact because we didn't have a title when we recorded this episode. So, uh, for the the astute listeners at home, uh, <laughs> for you'll our notice that listeners. it sounds a little <laughs> bit different. Um, I guess we'll just go on by uh, starting. Uh, let's kick the shit show on the road. Uh, I'm Matt. And I'm Haley. Uh, welcome to our, our dumb little show where uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, white people talking about movies. <laughs> um, the podcast nobody asks for, but you're getting anyway. <laughs> so you may be asking, uh, what makes this podcast so much more special than uh, any other uh bountiful amounts of uh, movie podcasts run by white people. Well, let me tell you, <laughs> we're no average white people. We like A24 movies, <laughs> which is uh, real unique. <laughs> you, and, might, uh, you might call us um, A20 whores, yeah, exactly. which wasn't a, with it, that was a potential um, idea for the name of this podcast. But then we were like... We were like, no, we don't exclusively watch A24 right, movies. Right, exactly. But like, I don't always watch Hereditary. Sometimes... I was about to say I watched Lady Bird, but I think Lady Bird is A24 as it well. It is Lady Bird. So, fuck. <laughs> every movie is A24. Yeah, sometimes we watch Paddington. Lady Bird in the Streets. Uh, Hereditary in the Sheets. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Uh, that's the title of this podcast. <laughs> Um, no, it's not. That has nothing to do with the the topic of today's episode. No, oh, you're right. Which yeah. Is. So guess no, 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 no. no. Wait, oh, hold up, shit. hold up. Okay. We're explaining the premise of the podcast. Oh, so that right, way, right. Uh, Sorry, I, yeah. I, I got a little ahead of myself. Yeah, exactly. So each week, we'll pick a topic. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know what a topic is. I don't have to explain. Like it. a genre, like yeah. a horror movie, for example. Yeah, exactly. But. Our topics can range anywhere from really broad, uh, so like, uh, just pick like shitty disaster movies so I can jerk off about Armageddon and why it's a misunderstood gem that might be coming soon, <laughs> or make it uh, absurdly specific, like a sneak peek would be uh, uh, every movie where Jake Gyllenhaal plays law enforcement will rate best cop, you know? Cause well, we, uh, none of them are best cop because... A cab, no, but we love cops here. No, We're, this is a pro cop podcast, <laughs> sir. I You're would treading. love to suck off a cop. <laughs> I just I unhinge my jaw like a snake in order to consume the boot of the cop. <laughs> well, I think we need more female riot cops, don't well, you think so? This is a political podcast, now, yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> I am incredibly pro cop to the point of every time I see a cop, I have Pavlov conditioned myself. To drip a little bit of pre-cum. <laughs> like, my brain won't even recognize that's a cop, but, like, my dick knows. <laughs> where, where are you going with this? No, I'm, I'm explaining <laughs> how much I love cops. Welcome to the ill mind of Matt Sapsic. This is, this is uh, the ill mind of Hopson uh, 69, where I just talk about how much I want to suck off cops. So, yes. 
It's the boys in blue. It's the boys in blue. Can we get an applause <laughs> for our boys in blue? Yeah. We've got fucking topics on deck, you know, like you got, uh, we got a whole, uh, we've uh, utilized Google Doc and everything. So like, it's got like notes and shit. We're legit. Yeah. So like, like right here, I'll put a sound effect of like a fart or like a siren or some shit right here. Yeah, exactly. So like, it's got editing, you know, like uh, half the shit we've said, it's not even on here because you can't hear it because it's been edited out. So mm-hmm. like, this is a very official podcast um, where anything goes. And by anything goes, I mean, we're talking about movies. Baby. We're, we're recording right now with the most state of the art, top of the line equipment imaginable yeah, we bought that we the, could the, have gotten the on podcast the kit yep. off of Amazon. The <laughs> the uh, Samson Q2U podcast starter pack. Yeah, um, thank you. You know, pretty thank legit you. shit. Shout out to them. Uh, shout out to Samson. We're not sponsored, but, but we'd like to. Be. We like your product. My goal is <laughs> subtle uh, product. If anyone placement. knows Raid Shadow Legends, um, <laughs> send their rep my way. I'm just gonna. Okay, this episode is sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends. Like they don't even know we shout exist. This week's but episode they, is brought to you by Raid. Shadow Legends. It's like, you know how they say uh, you got to dress for the job you want? Right. So we got to sponsor ourselves for the sponsor we want. So every okay. episode is going to be sponsored by Rage Shadow Legends. Rage Against the Shadow Legends. Rage Against the Shadow <laughs> Legends. Uh, some developers that code apps are the same that play games. Did you like that? Those bars? <laughs> it was a parody of Killing in the Name by Rage Straight Against the Machine. bars. Dude, um, bars on bars on bars. Yeah, we're also SoundCloud rappers, so... Yeah, um, check me out. Uh, I make beats, and they're horrible. <laughs> um, look out for that. Also, at the very beginning of each episode, uh, we're going to be playing like music from a band we like. Uh, that's like kind of either local or just like kind of low low to the scene or whatnot because uh, we uh, we're big music fans here. Uh, I am a, I'm a music head. Uh, Haley, would you call yourself a music head? I... To put it the way that your mother put it when I first met her, I am a music crony, so... I don't even remember her saying that. <laughs> she said... What the fuck does that said, mean? She said, how did you guys meet? Are you one of those music cronies that goes to shows? What and the I fuck said, is yes. it? I'm going to look up what a fucking crony <laughs> is. It just means like a... I don't know, like a grunt, I guess? Music crony, like a music groupie. Yeah, I like know a, crony a capitalism. I've heard that term. She said crony, so I guess I'm just a I'm just a dumb groupie. A close friend or companion. Okay, so that's not as that's okay. not as uh, nefarious. I as a yeah, I was like music cronies. Yeah. Hmm, okay. Anyway, yeah. So uh, yeah, I play in a couple bands on drums and shit. Uh, for our first episode, I didn't have any permission from any bands to use anything because we don't exist yet, except for the filming. I mean, the filming, the recording of this first episode. So. I used my own band, uh, the Sick Boy Method. Uh, check us out on social medias and stuff. Uh, my friend Sam runs our Twitter account because uh, we suck at Twitter. Um, <laughs> I just thought you should know that. Um, if you like math rock, but you've thought, okay, this is cool. This is all twinkly and shit. But it needs more uh, botch ripoffs, like botch riffs. <laughs> then you've come to the right place. Roll credits. <laughs> shameless self-promotion so yeah I, well we'll do a little promo for whatever band we include but uh 
All right, so enough of the meandering out of the way. Let's talk about today's uh, first uh, topic. So what's our topic? I'll let you take this one away. So today's episode, uh, we thought we would kick it off with something a little lighthearted, a little fun, um, you know, something a little a little humorous for the uh, the comedy fans out there. Yeah, if you're, a, um, you're big, big comedy fans. Yeah, I know like, some of you don't like to laugh, but if you're a laugh <laughs> fans, if you're, you like the, like if the you laughs. Like, if, you're, if you're a real joker out there, uh, <laughs> shout out to Joker's Joker. only, if you don't. Yeah, shout out to Joker. <laughs> the, uh, be- the best movie of all time. Why does we do? Round of applause. I just, I really think that Joker should have beat Parasite. Because really what other movie talks about class in the way that Joker does? <laughs> I really, I just think Joker says a lot about our society. Now, if Parasite had a dub, I'd consider watching it. <laughs> but I only watch American movies. Like, right. uh, watch Six Underground, the new Michael Bay movie streaming on Netflix Originals. Watch that. That should have gotten nominated. The fact that it didn't uh, makes me angry. All right. Anyway, getting back to what we were, what this podcast is about, um, movies, and today's episode is movies that make you go, what the fuck? Um, Huh? So. It could be a visceral, what the fuck? It can be just kind of a general. uh, Just a general, like, feeling of uncomfy. Just all you you know know is after you've finished the movie. You're um, not the same. It's. I mean, you could be the same, but also you would just be like, I don't really know what I just watched. Kind of. So I think a better example is let's, let's name off some examples of before we dive do deep dives into the movies we're going to talk about today. What are some examples to give you an idea? Like, what movie makes you go, "What the fuck"? Um, I mean, going off of what we were talking about earlier, Hereditary is a perfect example of a movie that makes you go, "What the fuck?" Right. Um, so much happens in that movie. Lots of things and stuff occur things um, and stuff occur sometimes not, simultaneously I'm, <laughs> I'm not trying to you know spoil anything but yeah no no spoilers lots of stuff and or things trademark happen in hereditary and it just if you're a fan of stuff and things <laughs> uh hereditary is the movie for you it's the feel-good hit of the summer we haven't even explained the format of this podcast yet and what how it's going to go down well yeah we'll get there because we'll, we get the topic and then now we get do the thing, you know, like okay. uh, we'll, we'll feed okay. the we'll feed the baby okay. birds. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll feed the baby. Birds. The baby birds will get fed. They're uh, chomping at the bit for some content, and boy, <laughs> we're gonna feed them some regurgitated birds content. Don't wear bits, and they don't chomp. They go pee pee pee. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I more so meant like, you know, like I think it's a good metaphor because our podcast is incredibly unoriginal. <laughs> so, like, it's like regurgitating puke into the mouth of our dear listener, which is going to be one, which is going to be my mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> it's going to be. Sorry for all the swearing. I maybe love you. a couple friends. Yeah, I maybe a couple friends. Who knows? Well, maybe we'll blow up, you know. Yeah. And act like we don't know nobody. <laughs> uh, fun Vine <laughs> reference for all, you know, if you remember Vine. For all yeah. the for all the senior citizens out there that were on Vine. <laughs> yeah, um. exactly. Yeah, back in the... For all the boomers out there that remember Vine, uh, yo, just, uh, retweet this if you remember, if yeah. you're a real one. Back in my day, we watched Vine compilations. Whatever happened to Vine 2? Remember when that was the thing? No, I don't remember. Uh, they like a, they were talking about making it a second Vine, like the people, and then like that just gave up because I think like TikTok like came out. Yeah, and then, well, or musically, sorry, uh, that's the uh, thing before mm. it got remixed into TikTok. Damn the remix. 
Uh, anyway, back to the, the, the topic. Uh, so basically, yeah. So like a hereditary or like when I think what the fuck movie personally is, I'm just like maybe like a a little uh, bit of a antichrist, perhaps. Not um, even just like because like uh, okay, so like here's the difference between a what the fuck versus a what the fuck. There's a dis- here's the distinction. When I think what the fuck. Like, it's, like, wild shit, like, hereditary. Mm-hmm. But at the end, I wasn't, like, confused at what the hell was going on, you know? Like, it was more like a visceral, like, what the fuck just, like, what? How do you come up with that? Like, like, like Old Boy is a perfect example. Like, I don't want to give any plot details away, but, like, you understand the plot perfectly at the end, but you're still like, what the fuck? A person had to come up with that. But when I think what the fuck, at least for this topic, when we uh, came up with our thing, was like at the end, it makes you question everything you know about movies and makes you question, huh? Right. Like, what kind of, like, I think a perfect example is if you've seen Primer. No. So Primer is a time travel movie about um, time travel. And <laughs> Gee, these, these guys, they, uh, they invent a time travel <laughs> device called the box. And they figure out how to go back in time seven hours. And the whole process they go back in time is all fucked up, too. Like, you you get in the box, and you sit there, and it feels like seven hours, but actually you're going back in time. And then when you get out of the box, um, it is the time of what you got in the box. So, like, for an example, like... Right. Or the time you set on the box, I mean. So, like, let's say I want to go back at 3 p.m. or whatnot. Um... So I'd get in the box at 3 p.m. and set it for 3 p.m., right? Mm-hmm. I'd wait what feels like seven hours to me. When I get out of the box, it is still 3 p.m. Mm. So you've traveled back in time. So they do this to um, work on stocks, right? Hmm. To like Because they know the stock market. So they go back in time like seven hours or however long. If I can't fucking remember. And what they do is they start using the box without each other's permission and they find other copies of themselves and shit and like it devolves into like a million different timelines and like the second half of the movie is completely jargon. Like it technically makes sense because if I, people have charted it out, like there's like nine different timelines, you only see like two of them on screen, but like it's implied that seven other timelines are happening and that's how the events you see. Like they start killing old clones of each other and shit. And like, hmm. so after that movie, I stared at my screen and I was like, what? What the fuck did I just watch? That's right. what I mean by this topic. It's what the fuck, you okay. know? So that's why we've chosen the movies today. Uh, so the way this podcast will work is we've chosen three movies. One movie I have chosen. One movie that Haley has chosen. Mm-hmm. And then a movie we watched together uh, that neither of us had seen. That we just heard kind of fits the topic, hopefully. <laughs> so we're unearthing uh, the deep analysis. Now, uh... I want to ask you a question, Haley. Uh, so what's okay. your uh, background and knowledge and experience in film critique? Oh, <laughs> we're, we're doing these kind of questions, huh? Yeah. Nothing in like an official capacity. I just... So fuck I, all, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the source is my ass. Right. So like, I just like movies, man. I don't have any sort of credentials. I would say I'm a little bit more educated on movies than the average bear. Um, yeah, we we watched Lady Bird. Just or no, yeah. you watched Lady Bird. I you watched know. Lady Bird um, I, like a day or two ago. A twenty four. You ever heard of it? Yeah, <laughs> I'm an A twenty whore, so like seen, I know about. Have films. you seen? <laughs> oh my god, have you seen The Witch? Yeah, have please, you bro. It's so scary. <laughs> please watch The Witch, <laughs> please bro. Please watch The Witch, bro. It's so scary. I just. Oh. 
So I'm basically the same way. Uh, the reason I bring this up is if you came here for a serious film analysis, I mean, we'll try. <laughs> but uh, my uh, experience lands somewhere between fuck and all. So uh, have fun. Uh, so yeah. if, so that's our disclaimer. Is basically if, you, if you're like a seasoned film critic and you listen to our episode and you go, hey, that's not what that meant at all. Or like, hey, they completely missed that dimension. Or be like, huh, why didn't they get that? That was so easy. If you looked, I'm going to say, I'm going to interrupt you and say, shh, shh, shh. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's we're, we're dumb. It's okay. We're kind of dumb. We're just, we're just dumb jocks. It's okay. <laughs> we just like watching movies. I just like, like watching pretty movies. I like going, haha, the cinematography is pretty. <laughs> you know? I like pointing at the screen going, haha, that's Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like when like Will Smith goes, uh, what is it, some sort of suicide squad? I come. Yeah. That's kind of that's kind of what we're going Meta. for. So, we'll talk so basically the appeal is uh listen to us talk about weird movies without any sort of film background and or it's just carried by our anything. incredible good looks. Yeah, that you can't see through the podcast, but you can if you know us in real life, you know. Or like even our voices, they emanate it. Like yeah, we you just can feel the vibration. dick energy. So Like, you know, like that's why we voted for Marianne Williamson, the candidate of good vibes cuz <laughs> our voices give us not just good, but sexy vibes. And I think that's something <laughs> we, we should the spread vibes, into the office. We just ran a vibe check before we started recording, and the painful. vibes are impeccable. Yeah, it really hurt. <laughs> it was a little painful. It, it involved injections. <laughs> I didn't even know you needed to inject. but uh, Yeah, they didn't, they didn't mention that in the instruction manual. But the vibes are sexy, impeccable, and... Uh, just gosh darn funny so all right now that we've wasted like 30 minutes of our listeners let's get, life, this, let's, let's ball get, let's get this bitch on the road let's go uh, uh yeah. okay so, so today's episode first episode movies that make you go huh or what the fuck so um what are so our movies would you like to start out with your movie that you watched uh, sure pal rolling? you mean the movie that i watched or the movie that uh that uh that I gave to you the movie that I picked for you to watch okay. which is the Perfect Blue Perfect Blue this is uh in uh anime which is short for animation if, uh, for all you film heads out there <laughs> um so we're starting the first movie is technically not even a movie it's an anime it's still a movie it's a feature film it's a uh, feature drawn. length film um, so, uh, would you like to explain what this movie is about? It is about a retired pop singer turned actress's sense of reality is shaken when she is stalked by an obsessed fan and seemingly a ghost of her past. So that is a direct description that I just Googled right now. But Hell yeah, we are professional. Um, <laughs> we don't use Bing, we use Google. The reason why I wanted to watch this movie in the first place was because the director of Requiem for a Dream as well as Black Swan bought the rights to a couple scenes from Perfect Blue as inspiration for both of those movies. And so being an anime freak um, that I am, I was immediately interested because any dark, fucked up animes that are out there, I want to consume. So what'd you think about it? I'll let you watch it for yourself if you want to. Let me tell you, this movie, uh, I won't go into details of like the really grim stuff in here, because, but uh, this movie is a definite uh, trigger warning. Uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, uh, there's definitely, um, on a very serious note, trigger warning. Um, yeah. It's, simulated uh, and There was otherwise. like 200% more than I was expecting or wanted, really. But, <laughs> um, yeah. 
but yeah, if you're if you're okay with, I mean, not okay, but you know what I mean. If you can handle that, um, it's. I thought it was fan, fucking fantastic. But also at the end, I was like, what the fuck. But almost the reason I thought it was interesting is because as it goes, basically the thing is, um, people around her. Well, she finds a stalker online that is talking about like uh, how her reputation is being tarnished and shit. Mm-hmm. But the way the movie goes about it. So if you look at it logically. Um, the movie pretty much revolves around her and like a stalker and she can't, she doesn't know the stalker or know anybody. And that stalker is kind of like, Hey, you're tarnishing your reputation with doing all this fuck shit. And people around her start dying that were involved in the tarnishing of her reputation, so to speak. The way it's shot is she also questions herself as far as like, was this the right choice to go and do that? And the way that it, um, deals with this kind of uncertainty from both her audience and her agent and from herself is done in such a fucking ridiculous all over the place way like the thing that stuck in my mind when i watched it was the way that as the movie goes um they start the movie starts going in like a a weird non-chronological timeline like between parts and conversations feed into each other but they're also like one conversation will be from like real life and one will be like from the show she's on but like they'll tie it together based off the dialogue so it makes you question um like what's in her head what's part of the show like at one point i'm just like is this all part of the show is she just going crazy at one point i'm like is she like imagining all this in an asylum is it like until the very very end which i won't spoil um, it just makes you absolutely question every single little thing. And like every time you think you got it figured out within minutes, it changes it. And you're like, what is the fuck is going on here? Um, I don't know who to believe if it's an actual stalker or is it in her head? Is it the way it's manifested? Um, the way I described it is it uses disorientation as a plot device. Cause my issue with a lot of these movies, like, like, um, like a lot of like surreal horror movies you see. I can't think of an example off the top of my head. But like they'll disorient the viewer in really weird ways, but it almost feels like it serves the purpose of the audience, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So like like it'll be like a weird visual effect or put something in the wrong order or flip and you're just like, whoa, that's really weird. But the way it uses disorientation in this movie like directly ties into the themes of like the uncertainty that she faces like going down her like spiraling career. Right. which makes it all the more effective. Because when you think about it, you don't realize it in the moment because it's so fucking disorienting. But the plot is pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. But like the way it's told is told in such a way and like shot in such a way. Like there's this one shot near the beginning um, when she's on the shot of the... She's on the scene um, and she's like wait, she's like rehearsing her lines, like about to go on and do her first line in the, in the show. Mm-hmm. And she, the camera like zooms in on people talking, and they like start talking shit about her. And then it zooms to like the stalker character real quick, and then it zooms to like four different people. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, you have no fucking idea if those people actually said that, or if that stalker is actually there. I don't know. Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. Um, it's just like from the jump. Like, the entire movie makes, like, no sense, but also makes a lot of sense. So, like, the way it disorients you through amazing use of editing, like, weaving in, again, like I said, like, it will weave a shot from the show into a shot of her backstage to a shot of, 
like the stalker like writing on um the the forum board but like using his own like her voice still so like you just like it's hard to describe in words but it just expertly weaves together all of these shots like i was impressed you have i have other things i want to say but if you want to add something in no i think you hit the nail on the head there um it's such a it's a wild ride from start to finish like i had always heard about how just like dark and grim and you know fucked up for lack of a better word that this movie was um and so i went into it with no knowledge of what it was about um you know from the jump you're just like okay so she's like a pop star she's you know she's not satisfied with the pop star life so she's trying to you know go move on to bigger and better things as an actress so she's trying to break into the acting world she thinks that she's got this sweet gig lined up for this show um and then through the process she realizes that a she has a stalker and b it's not all that it's cracked up to be and the requirements of the role that she's taken on um are kind of, you know, feeding into her paranoia um, that she feels about the stalker. And so I think that kind of is an interesting... how they both kind of feed into each other. The stress of the job kind of amplifies the stress of the stalker and vice versa. And at one point, she's just, like, running. Like, she's just walking down the street and she thinks she sees the stalker at one point, if right. I'm remembering correctly, and she just starts sprinting And, down like, the, the way that it's and shot... it's terrifying. Right, the way it's shot is, like, you as the viewer are also like, is that stalker actually there? Yeah. Like, you have no fucking idea. Right. Like, it makes sense at the very end, mm-hmm. but, like, up until literally maybe the last minute or so, you have no fucking idea. Yeah. Like, like and I like, thought I had it figured out. I'm, right. I think I'm smart sometimes, and I'm like, oh, I got this figured out within the first five minutes no that movie knocked me on my ass and said no you're wrong and literally like the last two minutes like changes the entire movie yeah i was literally sitting there just my mouth was open and i was like what in the fucking hell did i just watch like yeah and that's why that's on this is on this episode right but the the reason i (laughs) love it's a very like controlled purposeful what the fuck chaos yeah you know <laughs> like there's so many movies you see that are entertaining because you're just like what the fuck is going on you're just mm-hmm. like crying laughing or whatnot because yeah. you're just like what the f-? but like this one is so purposeful and like knows exactly what it's trying to do pros my one of my favorite things is it's tight as fuck the pacing <laughs> is ridiculously good like it's like a little under hour it's like 80 minutes right yeah, i think it's like an hour and 20 but it feels like fucking like two and a half hours but not in a bad way mm-hmm. like they cram so much and so much detail and so much plot into such an efficient amount of time, I think that deserves amazing, kudos honestly. in itself. Like, yeah. for example, like one, one of my favorite parts of the whole movie is at the very beginning um, where it characterizes Mima. What it does is within two minutes, um, it tells you everything you need to know about this character without saying a single word. Because it, what it'll do is it'll show a shot of her like dancing and shit and like doing the pop star, but then it'll cut to her like, you know, going shopping for groceries or like answering a phone call from her mom or some shit. And like, it just has the, it'll go these like bombastic shots of like her like dancing um, 
as like a pop star, but then it'll go back to her apartment and like it just lingers and just shows her just like sitting there and just like just on her being computer. a dude. <laughs> and like the details of the apartment, like the hanging laundry and like the plants and like everything. It tells you everything you need to know about this character in such a short amount of time. And it the whole movie is like that. Like within an hour and twenty minutes, I feel like I completely knew this character and I completely sympathized and I was like right along with her, which further adds to the disorientation that the movie provides as the end because you feel like you are her. Yeah. You know? You f- yeah, you feel like you're going crazy watching this. Like Right. It it was just incredible. And like at one point I forgot that I was watching an anime. Like it was I don't know how to explain it. I forgot I was watching an animated movie because it's just so just the animation style itself is very like like you said in your notes here, very realistic. Which right. is you know, not typical of anime because, you know, you're used to seeing, like, big giant eyes and, like, sparkles and, like, everybody's got, you know, massive boobs and, like, shit like that. Right. But this is, like, very... Like Pokemon. Every... Right. Like, Poke- <laughs> P- Pikachu's rack, you know? Right, yeah. Like, nor- like that's why Pikachu's I can't watch Pikachu. I can't watch uh, Pikachu because of, like, the gaping prolapse scene. I don't... Th- I didn't think that was very <laughs> tasteful at all. I can't watch Pokemon because of what Nintendo did to Pikachu in the new Smash release where they gave him a literal puss yeah so dude. i just pokemon <laughs> gives me a little uh, pokey in my pants you know like a boner because i'm turned on by pikachu now right yeah it's a it's a mess it's a right. hot fucking but mess. this one anyway. like okay so to give you a little bit of background for those who don't know us for all of the listeners around the world that are going to listen to this podcast for all Haley, of our how would you describe yourself in relation to anime you are weeb trash weeb trash <laughs> i am the chad uh he's cool a noob guy. i play call of duty you know i watch action movies he's a meathead jock I'm a meathead jock like my tastes are horrible right yeah i love cerebral like fucked up like psychological shit but i'll also be like bro have you seen ninja assassin they kill ninjas it's fucking <laughs> sick like, so, have you seen Backdraft? They they're firefighters. Yeah, they're firefighters and, they, and shit. It's got Kurt Russell like I'll let you go. like the the doors <laughs> explode. Uh, the factory burns down and collapses, and they're shooting. And it's got a loving story of brotherhood and betrayal. Yeah, uh, that I cannot tell you because I don't remember a single thing about that movie except for the parts with lots of fire. Yeah. Right, exactly. But fire. But things go boom. Right. <laughs> um. So when she was like, "Hey, for this first episode, you should watch a fucking anime." I'm like. Sure, for the, for the meme because like, I I I like anime. It's f- I respect the art. That's but a like, lie. Yes, no, 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 you no. said. I respect the hell out of the anime, and I understand it, but I also don't personally enjoy it. Like I get that anime is supposed to revel in its tropes. That doesn't mean I don't hate the tropes. You know, like I can recognize that like Parasite the Maxim is a good, like, solid anime, but when it does the anime shit of the quirky, like, hand guy going, like, oh, I don't understand humans. I'm going to grab a boob now. And he goes, oh, I'm so, I'm so, I'm sorry I grabbed your boob. And she's like, it's okay, you can assault me. Like, like you know, like, like I roll my eyes at that. But, like, Parasite is canceled. But this move, well, like, all anime is canceled. <laughs> Sorry, some. But the reason is like this movie was so realistic and non-tropey that even if you don't like anime, you should fucking watch it. Like I, I was agree. stoked on it, and like now I want to watch the director's other shit. Like, cause like the few animes I like are like entry tier, like pleb shit, like like uh, Akira and like uh, fucking 
like SpongeBob, like The Simpsons, you know, like that kind <laughs> you know, of thing. Corey in the house, the Corey in the house, uh, like Seinfeld. So like, <laughs> my taste is kind of normie trash, but like this movie, like I completely Chad forgot it was anime. I think it's just because of the animation style too. Like if you look, everyone's drawn like normal people, which is a big thing for anime because everyone looks like gorgeous, like a swoopy hair, like a teenagers. Because for whatever reason, every fucking anime you've shown me is like schoolgirls and shit. I, 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 I bet that's a coincidence, but why are they all in high schools? I just, I like, I'm sure they don't. Ex- I'm sure other ones exist, but it's right. just everyone that do. I've seen. I yeah, I agree. I think that Perfect Blue does a really great job of um, not showing, representing a lot of different, you know, honestly body types. Like shout out to Perfect Blue for having representation of like tall people short people skinny people fat people like thick people you know it's got like you know people look like real people it's not like everybody is like it doesn't feel like six feet tall with giant ass boobs and like like, it's it's like yeah like it's anime but it doesn't feel like quote anime yeah with a capital (laughs) anime yeah exactly (laughs) yeah (laughs) like i think of like again like compared to parasite parasite's an anime that does brutal shit while reveling in its tropes Mm -hmm. while perfect blue shoes tropes entirely so i'm selling it to you from the non-anime lover standpoint this chad likes it <laughs> yeah exactly if a uh, dumb fuck over here uh that also likes punisher warzone uh likes uh <laughs> that have to be an episode in of itself punisher Wolf. warzone is a s- sick movie remember that part where he breaks the pencil in his nose and sets it and that's the first character introduction he has yeah that's all you need to know bro that's all you need to know about matt seb six six movie taste it's got gore i probably like it yeah. Unless it's like hostile. I don't like those. Well, yeah. It's got to have like plot. Right. Like, yeah. Anyway, so Perfect Blue gives me a, a hard uh, recommend out of 10. Yeah. Oh, God. These fucking chips. Oh. Oh, these fuck. Fucking chips. Oh, my Put God. The chips in my pussy. <laughs> um, God, apples with peanut butter. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> What's up, gamers? We're back. Dude, why are you so fucking dead ass? <laughs> I just really like this water, man. If you're wondering what that was, we took a snack break in the middle of our podcast. Who knew podcasting could make you so hungry? <laughs> exactly. There's a lot of calories burned uh, while you... Are uh, sitting around talking about an activity that makes you sit around. Yes. Spit into my bussy. Oh boy. Just gargle and gargle. This kind of a podcast, Mm, huh? Can you uh, turn my uh, asshole into a shining oasis? (laughs) Gargle and spit. Pink sock me, daddy. (laughs) I want your sock around my cock. (laughs) Stop. That's enough of that. This is a rated PG. This is this is again. I don't think the cops listening will like this very much. I we are we I are incredibly know. pro-cop to the point of raised blood pressure. Every I morning one. when I wake up, I swallow a boot. I have a, <laughs> I have a large collection of boots. The best part about police boots is they don't digest. Like, they just come out of the end the same way as they came in. Mm-hmm. So you just keep eating it over and over again. That's Reduce, God's plan. Reduce, reuse, recycle, baby. It's God's plan. We're also pro-Earth. so uh, Pro-Earth, yes. I'm fan, big fan of the Earth. Yeah. Like it and stuff. 
I like her. The Earth? She's thick. The Earth, you know? Uh, the Earth? More like cool. Anyway, back to the Holy Nine. can't have uh, Earth without Earth. S- yeah. Speaking of... Uh, <laughs> we are the virus. Uh, <laughs> earth speaking of Earth, uh, you know what's on the Earth? Huh. Mountains. Really? You know that some of those mountains aren't just normal mountains. Okay, go on. Okay. You have my attention. So think of this. So we have regular atheistic mountains, right? Sure. But there's other mountains that are Smug more. They're more. The, they're mountains of God. Um, you know what one of those would be called? What? It's called. Uh, you call that a holy mountain? And uh, hmm. you know uh, what the freaking fuck? There's a movie called The Holy Mountain. You don't say. Yeah, so that's the next one we're going to talk about is The Holy Mountain. Um, well, so, Haley, I'll let you take this one away because I made you watch this. Uh, yeah, The Holy Mountain, 1973, Alejandro Jodorowsky. Hope I didn't butcher that, but I probably did because I'm white. A Mexican master leads a Christ figure and other disciples to a mountain of immortal wise men. Um, so this movie was very scandalous, apparently, um, at the 1973 Cannes Film Festival because of its sacrilegious imagery, um, like symbolism. It's just real fucking horny for some reason. So, Haley, now that you've seen the movie, how would you give a description of what actually happened? So, um, the holy movie. Holy movie. The holy the, movie. The holy movie. That sounds like, uh, it's like epic movie. <laughs> Like holy movie. So the holy mountain. Um, let's let's do that. Let's uh, it's like a God's Not Dead parody in the style of like like scary movie, and we call it holy movie. Right. I think we're we're sure onto something. Exists. Yeah, probably. Um. Anyway, holy mountain. Um. It was a freaking fever. Dream. Not to be confused with holy mountain, like the porn parody. Mountain. With oh a, yeah, with like an mountain. Like yeah. Okay. Yeah, like having um, sex. An absolute fever dream of a movie. Um, this definitely qualifies as a movie that I said, what the, what did I just watch immediately after? Um, I just sat there with the credits rolling for about five minutes, just not, not really sure what I just consumed. So I do appreciate it for, um, it's very striking, um, in its visuals and elaborate set designs. Um, the costume work is very impressive. So if you're um, a nerd like me and you look at that kind of stuff and appreciate that kind of stuff in film, you'll definitely appreciate this because every th- every single scene is just exploding with color and texture and just like visually, like, I, I nutted. Like, from that standpoint, it was horny as hell. Um, as far as the story is concerned, I have no fucking idea what happened. I've read plot synopsis, I've read explanations, like, the holy mountain, what does that mean? Like, it just still just not, ain't clicking, chief. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Haley, I don't care about set design and color design. The only color design I care about is how uh, Optimus Prime looks in Transformers, (laughs) because I really like the CGI, and it looks, the robots look real shiny, but... There's even a Transformer in this movie, so I was into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's like a scene where like an entire thing transforms in a million different ways. It's super fun. So when I watched the movie, um, you could tell there's something there. There's a really deep thought about 
like critiquing like uh, the commodification of religion and like how it ties into like capitalism and the commodification of like life and shit like that. Sure. Like right. I figured out there was something to do with like capitalism bad around the time where like there's a part of the movie where like part of the the, the people that go everyone that goes to the holy mountain. First of all, the director himself plays like the prophet that leads them to the holy mountain. And the people is a whole group of like uh, fucking like, like disciples, if you will. Right, disciples. They represent different planets, and each of them represent a certain like aspect of like human greed and shit like that. Right. Um. So at that point on the movie, I was uh, watching, and I was like, okay, this is something to do with capitalism. Bad. Uh, by the end of the movie, I was like, yeah, this definitely has something to do with capitalism. Bad. Um. What's funny is listening to other reviews, and they seem to know what happened. But uh, us, as we previously established, um, have no film experience. So what I'm going to say for this movie is let's recommend it on stuff we do like. So I'm not going to pretend that I knew what this movie was about because I'm stupid. I like Transformers, the first one. Um... So instead, I'm going to describe to you from a purely visceral experience what I enjoyed about it. Well, first, I'll let Haley do it because this is her video. So uh, what do you think? What are the things you enjoyed about it? From a purely visual standpoint, it's the only way that I enjoyed this. As far as the... And that's that's only certain scenes. There were some scenes that I could have 110% done without. Um trigger warning i suppose if you're at all offended by nudity um child nudity or animal cruelty i guess would be well the child nudity is not even like sexual or anything it's literally just just they're like like a tribe in like a tribe of like a tribe of children but they're all naked for some reason they're all little boys um that sounds awful to say but it's literally what happens um and then the animal cruelty i suppose this isn't really a spoiler because it doesn't really yeah have to do with anything well, but there's here, a b- before before you introduce to this let's just list off some random scenes that happen in the movie starting with that one to give you an idea of what this movie's about so what's that scene you're about to say so there is some sort of event in like plaza in the middle of a town they've built a diorama a miniature town in the center of the plaza And on this little miniature town, they're having frogs, real-life frogs, by the way. Not CG, not, you know, animatronics or anything. Real frogs and real bearded dragons um, dressed up as knights and wizards, etc., fight each other. Well, it's not knights and wizards. It's a a historical reenactment of the Spanish uh, conquisition of the Aztecs. Sure. Well, I'm stupid and didn't know that. Well, it literally says on a sign. Oh, like well, that's what it's about. I can't it's read. That's so, why so all the frogs are dressed as like uh, they've got like the hats of the Spanish like Catholic Church and shit. And then all the salamanders that are like uh, the Aztecs, they're like dressed up like uh, I believe it's Aztecs. Is that they're having all these frogs and lizards climb all over each other? Nothing really happens. Um, and then the center of this miniature town explodes actually explodes and explodes like some sort of fake blood substance that covers all the frogs um and they all start jumping and thrashing violently um obviously when the explosion hits the frogs go flying so i wasn't ready for that if you don't like animals getting hurt in movies don't watch that because i wasn't ready for that yeah this is like an art house version of cannibal holocaust 
I knew going into it, there was lots of symbolism and very, very strong imagery. And I was like, I know there's something here. I feel like I'm supposed to be getting this, but I just didn't. Because again, I have worms for brains. Um, and I had to look it up on Google as to what the heck he was talking about. But then once I did, I, it immediately clicked. So it is technically classified as a movie. See, I'm going to give an alternate take. You ready for this shit? Go for I it. fucking loved it. Now, I also love surrealist garbage. Like, it's my, this sh- is true. my shit. There are two wolves inside of you. There are two. One likes Chad Michael Bay movies, and the other likes surrealist mindfuck movies. Like, if it's art house, surrealist, pretentious garbage, I'm all about it. So, like, Holy Mountain, like, there's as little dialogue as possible. It's just a string of just. It brings you as it, like it brings you to one visually stunning, insane set piece to the next. Like there, it, and before every time you think some fuck shit is like too fucked, it doesn't like, let you give give you time to like think about it. It just goes to the next scene. So like you're just f- assaulted visually the entire time in the best way possible. Like, like for example, like within like two minutes, like uh. Like, there's a giant riot with a bunch of gas mask guys in the middle of town. They start shooting people. But when they get shot, the bullet holes start, uh, like, colored birds come out of them. Um, One of my favorite scenes in the movie is later on. uh, Fucking, this guy comes up to this guy in in the mountain and is like, hey, uh, what's the deal? And the guy is, like, very clearly, like, he's, like, he has, like, half of his body is, like, female and half... His body is like like a male like a male sex or whatnot like it's like half dick half like titties and stuff like that, and then like the turns around to the shot of him reacting and he gets sprayed with milk, and then you're like where'd that milk come from? And then you turn around and there's no longer titties there. There's leopard heads spraying milk out of their mouth, and then I'm like what the fuck? And then it just goes to the next scene and is like yep on to the next one. So like from pure like visceral roller coaster experience, I was having a great fucking time. Um, to give you an idea, uh, I, when I first watched the movie, it was with my uh, dear friend Kwaku, uh, who I've run another podcast called Quakes and Friends. It's fucking sick. Yo, uh, shout out to Kwaku. Let's give a round of applause to Kwaku. Yeah. Inspired me to start my own podcast. Yeah. I mean, this is Haley, this is Haley's idea, but like, this is my baby. But like, uh, <laughs> Quakes and Friends is cool. Um, anyway, so he's so for the people, he is a visually impaired. He can't see. So I'm trying to describe because this movie's got no dialogue; it's all visual. So like I'm describing the fucking like everything that's happening, and it's just getting more and more ridiculous. And he's like crying, laughing. And there comes a point, a very specific point, which I won't spoil, in the middle of the movie, that I said, "Quaku, I I'm sorry, man. I can't I can't describe this anymore. It's just too much." And then I just went silent for half an hour. I picked it up near the end. But for a half an hour, Quaku doesn't know what happened to that movie just because it just gets so fucking weird. And, like, from a technical standpoint, like, it's from the 70s and it shows. Like, there's all practical effects. Everything is just brilliant set design and just amazing different um, one set to the next. There's so many different fucking sets and so many different colors. And, and, like, none of it. It's, like, all had to be there. Like, all the animals, real. Like, all, like, the elephants, exotic shit, real. All of the colors, like, spinning contraptions. Like, the technical work is a fucking marvel. 
like there's a part like i said it's like it represents uh like like sex or something like that it's this guard like puts like a rod into this like fucking like robot thing it's supposed to represent like birth and like it transforms in this giant fucking elaborate way into like this whole new entity and you can just watch all the moving parts and that was all like practical because they didn't fucking have cgi back then it was like mid 70s so like from a pure like technical standpoint like appreciating it as like just a pure mind fuck um for a dumbass like me where i love like my cinematography i love like the technical aspect of films like that's kind of the thing i look for the most this movie is a wet fucking dream like i was just spurt after spurt after spurt into my undies like i had changed my d-pens like three times so i kept pissing myself so like but then me i love like weird cinematography and like shots and all that but i'm also a dumbass so i didn't get it but it almost didn't matter so uh as a chad recommendation i love this movie um because it's a pure just technical masterpiece and um incredible and there is something deeper to be said there and i started to get it at the end but also if you're dumb is the point i'm trying to make is it almost doesn't matter you can enjoy it as like a pure on the face like image onslaught or you can enjoy it as the very deep smart movie that it is which reading reviews and like reading like analysis of it it makes sense but you can enjoy it either way like i highly recommend it to anyone if it sounds any kind of interesting to you it is without a doubt the wildest movie i've ever seen in my entire goddamn life you have any closing statements it was insanely ahead of its time for coming out in 73. You just got to watch it, man. It's on Amazon You just got to watch it. So, yeah, my closing statement will be if you like titties, if you like football, if you like, puss, if you, if you like sex if you jokes, like dick. if you like dick, if you like, if you like uh, throwing the ball, if you like football, if you like cheerleaders, if you like college hijinks, I highly recommend Blue Mountain State. <laughs> if you like gay cowboys, I highly recommend Brokeback Mountain. Moving on to the next one, and the final ones. This is the one we both watched together. I'll let you introduce this one. All right, so we watched Crime Wave, uh, 1985, directed by Sam Raimi, who also directed some of the classics, such as the Spider-Man trilogy with uh, our boy Toby. Shout Toby? out to Toby. Uh, the Holy the holy Trinity? The Holy Trinity of <laughs> Spider-Man. The Spider-Man movies. 1, the Spider-Man 2, and the Spider-Man 3. Um, you know. So, yeah. Extermination is not just a business, it's a way of life. Uh, fed up with his business partner, Ernest Trend hires the service of two exterminators. When things go drastically wrong and they murder the wrong man, the race is on to frame an innocent video surveillance man. So basically, everything just goes wrong. And um, it's just spiraling out of control. Um, it is described as a horror comedy, which I would agree with. Um, so yeah, what did you think about it, Matt? Uh, well, I didn't see it. I don't think you did either. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be correct. So, what ha- would you like to take this one? Here's here's the plot <laughs> twist for you. Plot twist. Okay, so guess what? We're like we're looking it up. Uh, 1985 crime wave. All right, sick. Sam Raimi sounds cool. We'll do it. Fucked up. Sam apparently weird, right? Um, turns out. So we we go on we go on Amazon Prime, right? And we find Crime Wave. Oh, it's streaming. Oh, hell yeah. Sick, sick. Sorry, sick, sick. So we watch this whole movie, Crime Wave from 1985, the same year. We get about 20 minutes left to go. 
and we realize I'm reading descriptions on Wikipedia as we're trying to take notes for this very serious podcast we take notes on. Um, and reading about a little bit the movie behind the scenes. And let me tell you, uh, not a single thing from the plot thing happened in this movie. So at this point, I was like, smell that? It smells like fish. There's a little fishy in here. So it uh, turns out, in the same year, there was another surrealist weird movie by the name of Crime Wave. Um, but it had a space, is the distinction that we missed. This one's one word, Crime Wave, with Sam Raimi. We watched uh, from this 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 weird this Canadian guy. Uh, Just the dude. He's known for movies such as Crime Wave. <laughs> yeah, perhaps it. you've heard of him, Crime Space Wave. Um, so we're gonna talk about that one. Uh, so that one was that was a movie, all right. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, so let's describe this one. This is a uh, Winnipeg-based filmmaker, John uh, Pine. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna call him Cream Pie from now on. So <laughs> Cream Pie uh, made this movie. Uh, it's an independent Canadian surrealist comedy. And the best way I can describe this movie is if you made a surrealist parody of like a 1950s like uh, duck and cover like nuclear like PSA. You know what I mean? Have you yeah. ever seen that? Mm-hmm. Um. So it's like the entire thing is narrated and shot like it's an old like like reefer madness type like 30s 50s like uh like PSA educational thing. But it all follows this one character Steven who never says a fucking word the entire movie. He lives in the attic of this house full of people as houses tend to be and his whole thing is he's trying to write the best uh, color crime picture, which uh, is a term that was invented for this movie. It doesn't actually fucking exist. Um, and he can only write beginnings and endings of the movie. So the best way I think you described it like this, the best way this can be described is most of the movie is him presenting his like beginnings and endings of movies um, in the form of Family Guy style cutaway gags. So like it'll be like like one version of the story um was about one movie will start with um like uh there's the first movie, whole movie opens with an Elvis impersonator and like him like going through all of this like uh like trials and tribulations of being famous but it'll start with him like first becoming famous and then we'll cut to the ending where he like brutally dies by like wrapping his car around a pole you know so it's like kind of purposely jarring so like the movie almost has like it has like no plot but also has a lot of plot it's really confusing and like not in the fun way it's just like the whole movie is narrated by the girl that lives in the house that he is in the attic of um it's she's this little girl and then her mom and dad it the whole movie is narrated by her and she's describing you know steven was writing his story in the attic and da 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 and so like he just keeps writing all these different beginnings and endings of random stories that are all very different until he, like, gets it. Um, and, yeah, spoiler alert, he never gets it, I don't think. I No, he does. So it does end with him uh, finding his, like, the movie he writes is the middles and the beginning and the end is all about him. Like, it's like a meta thing of him figuring out how to write the perfect movie. Because it's got my favorite gag in the whole movie. Like, it's, um, I was, this movie is legitimately funny at times. Yeah. Like, it's, it's sometimes, like, I was, like, crying. Very 
like very dark humor at times. Um, the scene with the lawnmower and like the hamster. Oh I think. Jesus! There's, I yeah, literally there's this, busted out laughing because it's just so fucking. That's right up my alley. Yeah, um, there's a scene where like the like there. It's like it's like a like a tragedy or whatever. Just a silent shot of like this like dad desperately looking in the bottom of his lawnmower while like the kid is to the side like crying with like an empty hamster cage and like i was just fucking crying because i was like what the fuck is this movie there, yeah there's a lot of like visual gags with no dialogue that are still like super effective they're not quite slapstick but it's Sometimes just like they are slapstick but they're not quite like the full movie on is like clever is the mm-hmm. best way i describe it because like the part i talked about is like in the beginning it's like uh, ever since i was a, ever since i was so dedicated to movies that i it was even before i was born and it's like the mom and dad like while the mom is pregnant like goes to the movie theater and like watches a movie and then like after the movie's over the camera zooms in on her pregnant stomach and you hear a little voice say i can do better <laughs> like it's so over the top and like, but also like kind of grounded at the same time. It's like, again, it's like surrealism used in a way not to disorient you, but in a way of just like telling a comedic joke as most jokes are and b- driving the whole aesthetic home of um, like the 50s educational film. It's like, you ever seen that episode of SpongeBob, the Krabby Patty training video, yes. the Krusty Krab training video, where it's like a, the you know the announcer guy is like, and now the you know it's like that. That's how the narration is. That's how it's shot. That's how it feels. It just feels like a more drawn out, surreal Krusty Krab training video. If you w- if you watch the Krusty Krab training video and thought this is cool. But I wish it was narrated by a seven-year-old that has a crush on a grown man. <laughs> this is a fucking movie for you. If you if you watched the Krusty Krab training video episode of SpongeBob SquarePants on Nickelodeon, and you thought to yourself, "Gee, I wish this had more twink butt." God, the twink butt is Steven, fierce. Steven, let's talk about Steven. Segway. Steven, can we have a round of applause for Steven? Main, the the writer in this movie he doesn't say a goddamn word because his bussy does all the talking. <laughs> like, holy <laughs> shit. Man Steven. is cake. Steven is a Canadian James Dean. Um, he's got it all. He's got the cake. He's got the look. He's got the, he's got the wit. He's, he's got the drive. He's, he's got, got the movies. The butt. He's got the <laughs> booty. He's got the cheeks. His hog game, you never see his hog. He's got because, the dump uh, truck ass that we all wish we had. Seeing his hog probably wouldn't be good in a movie narrated by a seven-year-old. But <laughs> I assume the hog is just as as dazzling and stunning as those perfectly sculpted uh, apple pectorals, we see Steven's oh, chest. We see his pecs. Oh, that's <laughs> another funny thing in the movie is they go to a fucking, uh, they go to a Halloween party, the costume party, a costume party, and what is he dressed as? He's dressed as like like a, the failed like Unabomber or some shit. I yeah, can't he's dressed as like a. 
I don't even know. He's got like fake bombs strapped to his chest. He's like shirtless. He's like got fake bleak blood and bruises and on him. And it's hilarious because he's walking around this fucking costume party like super serious while like holding the detonator in his hand for his bombs and like <laughs> trying to like fit in at this costume party. And he's just like very sadly walking around in this like suicide bomber costume. <laughs> and like everybody else is dressed like, you know. Like what you what you dress to a costume party in the eighties? So yeah. you know, like blackface, like the Native American headdress, gypsies, the, the, Native the Americans. Gypsy thing. Like, like there uh, was there's an the guy dressed as the Arab. There, yeah, there was an Arab costume uh, so. quote gag. So, so what white people would wear to a costume party in the eighties? Right, like this yeah. movie is still very much an eighties movie. Still very white. Still very eighties. It's very Canadian I too. Mean, it's it's very. I mean, very in the Canadian. spirit of Canada. There is blackface in the movie, yeah. you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to my boy Justin Trudeau, uh, who uh, has Woo! quote lost track of the amount of blackface photos that exist. Wow, you know, man, I just like fool me like sixty nine times. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what the, the phrase is, you know. <laughs> fool me. There are more <laughs> photos of him in blackface than there are of him in non-blackface. Damn. Otherwise known as whiteface. It really says a lot about our society. Yeah, uh, Joker for Oscar. <laughs> so uh yeah i guess let's just wrap this up right here about this movie so uh what'd you think uh very stylized very goofy super over the top kind of uncomfy at times um the main villain that weird like cowboy dude cowboy doctor that's like a serial killer um yeah none of, okay so this description won't make any sense and i promise none of it makes sense in the movie but having not having seen a completely movie that you weren't expecting to see did you enjoy it still? Yes or no? It was a good time. I don't know if I would watch it again. Maybe I would watch it again just to like fully grasp what I had experienced the first time. I don't think I'll find any deeper meaning. I don't think it'll improve the quality of my life or help me like reach nirvana or anything or achieve self-actualization. No, it will because but that booty... Steven's that booty, cheeks, though. Those those farts breathe new life. Into I want to my inhale Stephen's farts. Exactly, they will breathe. <laughs> I life. want to boof Stephen's farts. So if you're looking to boof some farts from a perfect apple from ass, Canadian James Dean. If you want to, oh, yeah. Speaking of farts, if you wanna, Jesus. If you want H Macy, man. Damn, fucking John uh, Paisano, whatever the fuck his name is. I want to. Huff some shoddy farts. Yeah. Steven. If you want to watch a whole movie and be like, hey, babe, let me huff them farts. <laughs> you know. Uh, so, yeah, watch Crime Wave. <laughs> Crime Wave. It's on Amazon Prime, you know. It's on uh, Amazon Prime Wave. Uh, for our next episode, not to be confused with uh, the movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze, um, we are talking about movies which uh, not only demons exist, but. What do the demons do in these movies? Get up in them guts. They get up in them uh, spiritual guts, uh, otherwise known as a uh, demonic possession. Now you can't say get up in them guts about like the exorcist because uh, she is like twelve in that movie. Right. And I don't well. want to talk about a ghost getting up in a twelve-year-old's guts. <laughs> uh, so we're going to be talking about the movies we are talking about next week. Are the movie that you chose is. The movie I chose for you is Veronica. Um, it caused a lot of controversy when it first came out. Um, it was doing some rounds on the old Facebook.com uh, for being, quote, the scariest movie um, to ever exist. 
I sort of disagree with that. Um, you sort of disagree. came out in 2017. It is a Spanish movie, so subtitles are required. Um, unless you speak Spanish. Like unless you speak Spanish, in which case, lucky you. Veronica, that's your move, Chief. Move to the next episode is Norroy the Curse. You ever seen The Grudge? No. Well, imagine The Grudge based off the original Japanese movie Juwan the Grudge. You ever seen Juwan the Grudge? Nope. Well, guess what? Juwan the Grudge, uh, there's another spooky movie that no one ever talks about from Japan called Norroy the Curse. And it's like The Grudge, except not at all. And it's better. <laughs> That's your movie for next week. The movie we're Badass. watching. Do th- oh, you remember what the movie's called for, uh, that we're watching together next week? The one we're watching together is called Demon. It's apparently, um, from what you've described, about a married couple that gets possessed on their wedding day. So they're not married yet, but they're about to tie the knot. <laughs> Are but they? The, only th- the, the knot's not the only thing getting tied. What's also getting tied is their sanity. Uh, yeah, cricket, that Cricket, cricket, cricket. <laughs> uh, I'll dub in a bunch of applause right there. So, uh, tune in next time uh, for the two listeners that made it to the end. Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. Thank you to our longtime listeners. Um, longtime listeners, first time. Once again, this episode is uh, sponsored, sponsored by, by Audible. Ra- sponsored by Rage <laughs> Shadow Legend. Uh, this episode is sponsored by... Uh, Me Undies. Yeah, can um, we give a shout out to... Let's just oh. give a shout out to like products that we like. Let's give a shout out to not just Me Undies, but... I think all undies matter. (laughs) (laughs) Let's give a shout out to store brand undies as well. (laughs) Let's give a shout out to Fruit of the Loom underwear that you can get in the big pack for like $8 of like seven underwear. Shout out to like six pack jock straps. Shout out to jock strap cowboys. Yo, jock strap cowboys. (laughs) Shout out to Grant McDonald. I loved Heath Ledger in that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Grant McDonald. Grant McDonald, except for when he said like the slurs that one time. Yeah, except for that one song where he says things he should not have said because he's a white man yeah like all of the graphic references to like anal sex that's cool that's fine but, like, but you know, this is america you know, go but off like, sis but he's canadian so um i don't know what i don't know what the what the deal is up in canada but uh mr grant thought that he could say some some slurs. so what you're saying is this podcast is not sponsored by grant mcdonald no, we're Grant not. Grant McDonald, s- more like no, no. <laughs> Got his ass. Got him. Fuck yeah. All right. I <laughs> think that's a good enough place to stop as any. Got any last words? Fuck 12. All cops are bastards. The only good cop is a cop that resigns. Yeehaw. <laughs> that's, that's all I got to say. Um, if you're protesting out there, be safe. Stay hydrated. Wear a um, condom. Yeah, wear a condom. Wear protection. Wear, like, you know, helmets and shit. Um, there's lots of good resources on the internet right now, especially Twitter.com. Don't get on Facebook for your information. Facebook is full of boomers. Twitter.com or Instagram. People are constantly posting links for you to donate. If you're not able to physically go out and protest, there's literally dozens and dozens and dozens of ways for you to show your support 
if you have any sort of a following on any social media, even if you have 20 followers, you still have a following technically, and you have the ability to expose your followers to something they might not have seen before. So don't think you're being annoying by posting about this shit. It's not annoying. It's important. So fuck yeah. And fuck 12. Matt, what do you have to say? Much like supposedly good cops, uh, if you're silent about it, you're just as good as someone that's endorsing it. So uh, fuck Here. cops. All cops are bastards. Uh, everything that I said earlier in this episode, it was a cheeky little jab, uh, if you didn't know. I, I don't actually like cops. Burn down your local police station. Burn uh, it the fuck down. Uh, make racists afraid again. 2020. 2020. Uh, fuck uh, Officer Hops from Zootopia. On that note, you've been listening to... And we'll see you next week, hopefully. Probably, maybe. Hopefully, if uh, the world doesn't implode by next week, we'll, we'll see you on next week's episode. Thanks for humoring us, and we appreciate your support of this podcast. Make sure to play Devil May Cry. <laughs> Devil May Cry 5. <laughs>